Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Show, where we talk about the science of selling across the areas of demand generation, sales, and sales operation. This show is about doing. We focus on real problems, real solutions with real people, all dedicated to accelerating sales. I'm Gabe Larson. And I'm Steve Error. Let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to today's show. You've got Gabe Larson talking about all things sales, marketing, and sales operations on our Sales Acceleration podcast. Now, um, got a fun guest today, um, a little bit different. You know, normally we go into practitioners um, of sales, marketing, and operations, um, but we've actually got a college professor, um, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jim or James Oldroyd, coming from Brigham Young University. Uh, Jim, how are you? Good. Thanks, Gabe. Well, appreciate you, you jumping on the show. Um, the reason we brought Jim on, did, can I say Jim or is James a, a little more pro- appropriate? Or do I need to say Dr. Oldroyd? So I do want to introduce, let you introduce yourself um, here in just a minute. But the reason for this episode is InsideSales.com had just partnered with uh, Dr. Oldroyd on, on a study called Time-Based uh, Closing Strategies, the High Cost of Procrastination, where we've studied this hockey stick effect that many companies experience at the end of the month and quarter, and the results were fascinating. Um, so I want to let Jim get into that in a minute, but before we dive into what the study is and some of the takeaways from it, maybe you could just introduce yourself, Jim, and tell us a little bit about um, some fun things you're doing. Sure. So uh, I'm, I've been a professor of strategy uh, now for about 10 years. And 10 years ago, uh, Dave Elkington, who's CEO of Inside Sales, contacted me and said, I want to know how long a lead lasts. And we didn't know the answer. So we dug into that and did some uh, a few research studies around you know, the uh, short life of online leads. And uh, so anyway, I've been involved in the uh, sales space for a while, thinking about how technology interacts with uh, employees and and, uh, helping organizations understand uh, their strategy structure around sales. I uh, kind of fun fact, I lived in Korea for five years and worked with uh, Samsung. So I was at a university that Samsung actually owns and spent quite a bit of time uh, looking at uh, working with Samsung employees, and uh, uh, it was fun. Samsung did 96 different business units uh, all over the world. Uh, so very, very, uh, I mean, it's about as global as you can get, um, and they're still not good at sales. Uh, <laughs> so you've been, it sounds like you've been around the block, and yeah, for those of you who have not seen or downloaded or digested the lead response management study that uh, Dr. Oldroyd did with InsideSales.com. Has it been 10 years ago, Jim? Is it 10 years, 10 years ago? Yeah. My goodness. That's still, you know, a lot of people talk to me even today and say, God, that's so relevant that you know, it's new to them, it's relevant. It's funny how some of those things just, they stick and they, they, they never go away. So if you've not digested that, 
you definitely should. So outside of um, work, being a university professor and participating in the sales space, anything unique or <laughs> anything unique or interesting to you, Jim, that would be fun for the audience to know? Um, geez, that's tough. Uh, we, um, I speak Laotian. Maybe that's unique. I spent two years working with Lao refugees in California, so not maybe not wow. very many people speak Lao. So I can say Sabaydi Bol and talk a little bit well, of Lao. Lao. Yeah, uh, that's just one of the languages you don't hear very often. It's probably you probably don't use that very often. Very often anymore, I assume. Is that right? Yeah, not not very often. When I go to Thailand, Thailand now we're close. So when I go to Thailand, I can uh, I'll, I'll resurrect it a little. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, good. Well, we again appreciate being on the show. Interested to dive into the topic at hand and get some of your thoughts. Um, you and I were talking just uh, you know before we kind of got on live here. I was on a call this morning with a gentleman, head of sales operations, who read your study and. Um, you know, dove in and said, you know, this is so, this resonates so much with me. The question is, how do we start solving this, this problem of what, what's happening at the end of the month and end of quarter? So I want to get into that before we do, maybe you can tell us just a little bit about the study, some of the overview findings, and then let's get to that area of the so what. Sure. So I, uh, maybe uh, 14 years ago, I was visiting GE and we were writing a case study on how they approach customer focus. It just so happened we were there on the last day of the quarter. And uh, it, was, uh, it was almost like a circus as everybody's running around screaming, you know, trying to hit their quota. Um, anyway, so that kind of was my first foray into end of, <laughs> end of quarter strategies and uh, watching the, the mayhem that ensues as everyone's trying to meet their numbers. But this study, I, I feel, is... A huge, uh, very interesting because what, what we do is we dig into the question of uh, end of end of cycle, end of period strategies, and you know it's it's everyone knows what happens. You know you get towards the end of the month and the sales rep wants to hit their number, and so they do all sorts of things. Like one is work really hard and increase their uh, work, you know, load. So trying to make more calls, get deals done. But also they are willing to give discounts because they want to close it, right? So if they got a, a deal that's going to close next week, they like to push that forward and try to try to meet their numbers or exceed their numbers and get that bonus. And organizations, I think, in general, are quite happy with this strategy because it gets more deals done, right? So they're they're very keen on on getting getting things moved from pipeline into uh, to closed. Uh, into, into a sale. And what we do here is we actually look at what I think is unique data. So everyone, I think, intuitively knows that they, their deal volume goes up at the end of the quarter or end of the period. And sure enough, we find that it does. In fact, it goes up, you know, three times as much, you're, you, know, you know, nearly three times as much at the end of the quarter or end of the month. You get uh, sales reps are just they're doing more deals. More deals are and happening. Well, and th that's something I think every sales leader feels. I mean, it's one yeah. of the euphoric effects of a little bit of the the craziness that may maybe happens. Um, I mean, we, we we deals more deals are closed. That we we are having quote unquote more success, and so it feels right. 
it does feel right. And and if you know, it's everyone knows it happens, and everybody's like, this is gr a great thing. I think what's so cool about this study is we got a unique piece of data, which is how many deals are actually lost. So yeah, sure enough, we get more deals to that we win. But when we when you add that variable in, when you're looking at how many deals are lost, it a, a very different story emerges. And this story is one where you know, yeah, your lift goes up uh, by nearly three, but you lose uh, more than 11. So you're, you're the, you lose 11, uh, 11 times as many deals in that last, that last uh, end of quarter or end of month day. So yeah, sure, we're getting a, we're getting a, a little lift by putting all that energy and effort and pressure by the, the sales reps, but the reality is is they're killing almost four to one. So everyone they're closing, they're killing four. And I, I don't think most sales leaders intuitively know that because they that's a number they probably haven't been keeping track of as closely as they well, are. And, it, and, and so that number then forces that this win versus loss creates a, a win rate that, that drops abysmally. I'm, I'm looking at the study obviously here and it looks like in the neighborhood of 54% dropped in your win rate in that last day versus the rest of the month. So, um, and it looks like then there's also obviously an associated um, a deal size. So our deal size then decreases significantly. So you have this end of month, end of quarter phenomenon where our, my win rate drops. Um, I'm losing all these deals. My I'm, I'm, I'm cutting my prices by 34%. Um, it, it 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 just sounds like a mess. The question, so the first question is why? I mean, you know, why in the first place are we even seeing this effect? I mean, you put it, we put it on paper. But why is it happening? Well, I think so. What what we're finally observing with this study is we're observing the side effects of all that energy and euphoria and effort, right? So as the sales reps are are pushing, pushing, pushing yeah. to get to get deals in half you know four four times for every one they're winning they're they're upsetting the customer they're pushing the customer out rather than pushing them in so this you know the high pressure uh position that they take at the end of the uh, end of the month turns out to be you know i mean imagine this they're losing four for every one they're getting this is this is an abysmal uh success rate here i mean it's basically the failure rate goes from uh, it, it doubles. You go from a 66% um, end of month win rate, and that drops to like 33%. So literally, uh, cut in half. Wow, it's it's abysmal. So, it's so I think the it's happening because we've been focusing on win rates, and win rates go up. And so you know, it seems like it's an all cost you know at all cost strategy. If we get if we get more deals, let's let's ignore what's really going on. You know, it's it would it, like if we were farming, it's like we're dumping tons of fertilizer on the ground, and sure enough, we get more plants, but we've killed you know we've yeah, killed a ton of them just trying to get those plants to grow more quickly. So it, it's a so, go ahead. Yeah. So if, if if I'm a sales, I mean, I just feel like if if I'm a rep, I love the analogy, I love the farm analogy, by the way. But if I'm a sales rep which I've been, um, I do feel like we know this. I mean, intuitively, uh, like the leader I spoke with this morning, he's like, it's, it's called often the hockey stick effect. Um, 
sales reps know about it, managers know about it, um, and but they probably, don't maybe realize that it's a problem. Is that is? I mean, they think it's good. I guess that, that's why we've continued to do it for years and years and years. Okay, so, so in some sense, it, it could be still conceived of as good because in reality, the win rate goes up by almost three. So you know, versus the other days in the month. So we, it, in some sense, it is good. We're getting more. The, the question is, you know, this it's not a linear effect. In other words, as the win rate goes up, the uh, lose rate goes up exponentially. So we, I mean, it's four to one. So yeah. So definitely, so I mean, it's, it's if we're covering it. Yeah. Getting win rate, then definitely, then we're doing the right thing. The reality is, is organizations are losing a ton of money, a ton of revenue, because they're they're pushing. It's it's undue pressure now. Clearly, there are some leads that aren't going to close, and so by putting right. pressure on them, we're merely just pushing them out of the pipeline, which they probably belong. They shouldn't have been in That's there in fair. the first place. But That's right. there's no way that it's to the magnitude of <laughs> this data showing. Eleven X, right? I mean, that is fair because I know some people have said, "Well, hey, end of month, end of quarter, um, I am cleaning out my pipeline, right?" I'm, there, there's some a natural cleaning that's going on as the deal cycle is ending. But I think to your point, I don't know if that's an 11. Let let me actually just push push that uh, back on that just a little bit because, you know, if we take the farming analogy, you know, I've I've worked on helping organizations become more customer-focused for a long time. The reality is is most organizations are still sales-focused rather than customer-focused. And... By by putting the sales rep saying I need to clean out my pipeline, the question is is why? I mean, what's the cost of keeping them in the pipeline? It's probably very low, and the, your probability of sale actually probably goes up over time. So it, it, you know, this I think these sales reps have this mentality of I have limited attention and resources, and so I need to clear my pipeline. When the reality is is very few of them actually are limited anymore, given the technologies that are in play. You could they could farm that you know for years before it turns into a, a win and at very low cost. Interesting. So you'd potentially advocate that maybe that isn't the best thing. Although it is probably happening. Some of this loss, this big number of loss we see, are coming from potentially people cleaning out a pipeline. But you're arguing against the concept that that may not need to happen as much as it even does happen. I, I would argue that. 90% of the time, it's that you've uh, you've pushed the client to the point where they're like, I'm done. When, like it needs to be done, yeah. When, I mean, who knows in, in a year from now whether they would have been ready to buy, right? I mean, you just, right. every, the environment changes, their needs change, but, you know, when you when you push hard on somebody, I, I think that this st- study, you know, we're calling it a high cost, the high cost of procrastination, it's a, it's a system effect. I mean, it's the right. system has built it so that reps push hard at the end of the period to try to hit their numbers, and there's a high cost associated. You know, it's one if you want to call it collateral damage or whatever. Yeah, we're getting more wins, <laughs> but, the, but we're we're killing four for every one that we're winning. I mean, it's well, and I know. think you 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 get this. I mean, there's a myriad of things clashing there, right? I know companies run incentives at the end of the, the last day of the month. Um, yeah. That pushes reps to quote unquote procrastinate. Well, and I know some reps. I I've been on the phone and I've heard some reps say, you know, hey, Mr. Prospect, um, you wait three weeks, uh, you wait a month, you wait a 
couple of days, I can get you a better deal at the end of this period. I've seen customers, right? I've seen customers procrastinate, right? And they, they say, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to push you to that. So there, there's, there's the rep, there's the customer, there's the leader, there's the company, there's the market. All are kind of colliding, like that collateral damage, all kind of colliding at the end of the month and causing this interesting effect that we all know about, but I don't know if we've ever seen quantified. Well, and imagine if, if your organization said, we, we don't care about end of period. We, we care about, you know, a relationship and doing good uh, for our customers. And then yeah. instead of having that fire sell at the end of every, uh, you know, where it's exactly right. They, so sales reps, when they know they have a client who's price sensitive, they say, just hold on until the end of the period. And then I can go to my boss and, and our data shows they get a one third discount. I mean, literally the size of the deals goes down by a third. <laughs> Everybody's desperate to get that done. But imagine if that sales rep went to their boss and their boss said, I don't care about the end of period. We don't care about that. We care about, you know, our long-term interest of our clients. That's right. And, Not short-term, but long-term. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of, so, you know, the in the study, we look at, we look at what the cost is to companies, but the reality is it's even bigger because they're giving away that last day a third of the value they could potentially create. They're giving it away to the client saying, here you go. Just which is which is crazy out. because I mean I mean sales leaders across the board right they're all saying wow. we're not hitting our number we can't get you know these quotas are too unreachable they're not possible yet we're leaving millions and millions of dollars on the table with these behaviors that we thought were good which were obviously bad but I want to I want to switch just for a minute uh, Jim and go to a little bit of the so what so we talked a little bit about the why you know why is this happening. What, what is happening, but the, so what? So I'm a sales leader, and I read this report, and I probably say, dang it, this is totally my business. The, the, the question is, these aren't my numbers, but they, they probably, my numbers look similar. What do I do? Um, I don't know if I can do anything different. Uh, so let me, how let me, let me paint it with the data, what they could do. So what's fascinating is if you look into the second to last day versus the last day, it's a very different phenomenon. So second to last day, you're, you still close more, right? Second to last day of the month, you're still closing more than you do in the rest of the, than the rest of the month. But you're, so, but you're, it's not a catastrophic loss rate. So the second to last day, uh, is is actually the second best day in the month. In other words, as people build up towards the end of the month, they're adding all that good positive energy and effort, but they're not fire selling. They, they're, they're not discounting things by a third to get the deal to happen. And the loss rate stays uh, manageable. In other words, your loss rate maybe goes up by a factor of uh, two instead of a factor of 11 and a half. Yeah. You know, so I think what what needs to happen in organizations, the so what is, take away that uh, euphoria of the last day of the month and and spread it out over several days. And what you'll get is this positive. Yeah, we're working hard trying to get deals to close, but you know, shoot, if if it's the thirty first and this makes sense to close in two days, let's close it in two days, and that that's going to require some significant changes in organizations but they're well worth the investment. So do you feel like, because one of the things people, you know, I've debated in, in going through this with yourself and with others is, um, 
is, you know, it's it, it, as humans, we, we, we have these, well, I mean, with humans, I think, and with, obviously, with companies, we have these natural, time-based, compelling events, you know, that we've, that we've created either naturally or unnaturally. If I'm somehow able to shift the timing from the end of the month to the middle of the month, am I not just creating the same problem at the, mid, the middle of the month? And if, if I said, guys, we're going to do, we're going to discount or we try to change our calendar, we, we find some way to, to push it. I mean, wouldn't that just cause the same effect now at the middle of the month rather than at the end of the month? Yeah, you're not, you wouldn't, you're not changing anything in effect. All you're doing is saying instead of the 31st, we're going to have it, we're going to lose 11 times as many on the 20th instead of the 31st. So it clearly, I think what has to happen is the incentive strategies have to change. So imagine this just you know imagine this scenario it's the last day of the month you have it you could push the deal give a 30% discount and get it to close this month or you could push it into the next week and probably get it at a 5% discount same deal to close rationally we should push it to next week the problem is is the sales reps don't have incentive to do that but what if we said to the sales rep you have the option anything that closes in the first week you can actually back it into the in, into the last month or you can move mm. forward, right? So instead of, yeah. and what if we said, for every deal you lose, we're going to punish you. So in other words, instead of just incentivizing people to close, our sales reps to close, we actually incentivize sales reps to farm better. In other words, yeah. you know, if, if they're losing four to one, what if we said, you know, you can lose two to one, but if you lose more than that, we, we it's a problem with you. Yeah, I, I really like the idea. I think that's fascinating that, uh, but it's just, well, you know, if you work the accounting of it, it might be, it might be okay. You know, where you close it in the first week and you pull it into the last, you know, the previous, previous month or quarter. Um, but you, you know, sales lead, the, the word push, <laughs> you know, the word push for a sales leader is really, a scary word. I mean, I've been in, I've been with leaders. They've gotten that phone call, and hey, I think this deal's going to push. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, what yeah. do we got to do to get them to sign right now? Well, the thing and is, the answer is, and the answer we know, Gabe, the answer is you discount it thirty percent, and it'll close right now. And it'll close right now, and customers know it, and sales reps know it. But um, I, maybe to your point, it's it's an empowering. Maybe there's an education and visibility that. You know, sales leaders complain to me all the time, I can't hit my number. If yeah. they knew um, that by pushing that, and I know that word is the scary word, but by pushing it to the next quarter, pushing it into the next month, would give them, you, you know, significant revenue increases. And you've got, to be, you've got to be very careful. I mean, some deals shouldn't probably push. Some deals should, but you need that visibility. You need the data and the information about that opportunity to make a more educated guess. But do I take the short-term win or do I look for the long-term gain? Do I go for my self-interest or do I go for the company's self-interest? If you could educate and visualize that so that uh, leaders could be empowered to say, on this deal, we are going to allow it and just give it a 2% discount and make millions of dollars more rather than taking the 30% discount, I mean, it seems obvious, but uh, I don't know if reps are, or I don't know if management is empowered both by executives to do that, and number two, I don't know if they they have the tools to be able to really 
make educated decisions about pushing deals, um, pushing deals forward. I just don't know if well, they've got it. And I think that's one of the really cool aspects of this study is this is really the first to explore this phenomenon. And I, you know, if I went to an average sales leader and I said, you're losing 11 times as many as you're losing the rest of the month, they would say no way. Like they just wouldn't believe it because that seems really high. You know, if I said you're getting two and a half times as much at the end of the month, they said it probably, that probably feels right. But I think it would it shock people to know how much they're burning. I mean, I, Imagine any other profession. I'm a dentist. I'm a doctor, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna end of the month. I'm. I'm uh, trying to get. I mean, it would be like them trying to run. Can you imagine doing surgery like this? End of the month, we're gonna. You know, just start throwing people through the operating room to try to. You know, meet our numbers. I mean, it, it's it's laughable, and yet that's exactly what we do when we're selling other other ass other products. You know, it's. it's I, I like that. I like that analogy even better than the farm. It's like, yeah, if I'm the hospital, they hit yeah, my numbers. Do I just start running people through heart surgery and doing yeah. half the oh, job? And by the uh, way, and I'm killing four times as many as I'm saving. You know, and there's no way we would never do that. But yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, in sales, we we've given them the green light to go ahead and do these you know, crazy sales tactics that just don't make sense. I mean, if you take the the perspective of a customer. The only benefit they get from this is a possible discount, but the reality is, is you're not thinking about me at all or my needs. You're pushing things on me. You're pushing it at me, and it, it, obviously it's alienating me because we're we're losing so many. Right? This it's just not an effective strategy. Yeah, it's funny because it's the right. I mean, in the report, the number for the 151 company studies studied, you know. 98 million was the estimated number that companies are losing out on. Well, and, um, and, and that's, that's a company. Yeah, right. Using some of the yeah, that's 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 probably right. And then, but you're saying on the flip side as well, it's not just harming the company; it's this customer relation, and that's hard to quantify. Um, it's a little harder to quantify with numbers, but this push, this you know, calling them on the weekend, um, and I noticed in the report some of the you know. When the last day of the month is on a Saturday or Sunday, some of these numbers even get worse. But I'm calling customers. I'm pushing them on a Saturday night at midnight or a Sunday night at midnight as the clock strikes, you know, to get the get the deal done. And it's it's aggravating. It's um, it's offending, and it's causing some interesting dynamics with the customer that I don't know if we've we've been able to quantify. But we do know that that it's it's negatively affecting both us and them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and, you know, the the so what is I think just the visibility, just the awareness of this will will start the process of changing how organizations manage yeah. the sales process. You know, yeah. when, you, when you don't know what you don't know, you get in trouble, but this this has and the beauty of this is we're looking across two years, millions of observations. I mean, this is really robust data and saying, look, you know, here here it is. It's it's it, you know, anyway, it's it's fascinating, um, and I think that that uh, cost that we're estimating to companies is actually on the low side because we're not even factoring in. If I changed my tactic, I wouldn't have to discount at the end of the period. You know, so yeah. it's it just there's lots of stuff going on here that that uh, companies are are accepting this collateral damage without really thinking about it. No, I love it. I love it. I think that's a great way to kind of bring this to a close. Is 
if nothing else, it's an education. I mean, change doesn't happen. Um, I assume people aren't just going to, you know, start immediately changing things, but it's the conversation starts because the, the light has been shed in the dark. Um, I think you can start to think about change because we basically, you, 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 we've initiated that action. So, um, Jim, really appreciate you jumping on. I think it's fascinating study. It was really fun working with you and the team to go through some of this. Like you said, very robust, multiple years data, millions of interactions. This isn't just a, a survey you did with a couple hundred leaders. This is, this is what is actually happening. And I think that kind of puts to rest that this is quantitative and it's pretty sturdy data. Um, yeah. So as we bring it to a close, uh, if, if someone wanted to contact you, Jim, or wanted to further the conversation, what's the best way to best way to do that? So jamesoldroid at gmail.com is my email address. Just shoot me an email and I'm happy to, uh, happy to discuss. Fantastic. You can also, I think, find you on LinkedIn. Um, more to come from, from Jim and his team. I think we've got some fun studies coming down the pipeline as we think about sales, best practices, sales operations, sales enablement, et cetera. So with that, let's get at it.